All right. We are recording now. All right. Welcome to our first episode of Pillar Bible Talks. Rod, when I labeled this, I didn't realize that it sounds very much like pastor's talk with yeah. with yeah. nine marks. And <laughs> right. So this is good because this is not for the public. The public can listen in, but it's mainly for our church members. So yeah. the purpose of this is for us as Pillar Bible Church, just to be equipped in the Christian life. And we'll be talking about different topics in the area of theology, ministry, ethics, and Christian life. And I'll be interviewing Christians and different pastors, at least pastor friends of mine, just to have these conversations. So thankfully for our first episode, we have my good friend and brother, Rod Santiago. Rod, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me. This is a, this is kind of fun. Actually, we're always going to say, man, you need some sound effects if you're doing like full on, man. Okay, that's not. I'm not full blown pastors talk like that. So I don't I don't have and I don't have the the tech capability and experience right. to do that. I just hit record on Zoom right now. Yeah. And as we were talking right before, that's the extent of my tech um, tech uh, technology yeah. knowledge. So, um, Rod, for for our members who don't know you or anything about you, maybe yeah. you could just share just a short um, overview of who you are, where you're from, your family background. I'll, I'll probably just ask you more about yourself, but just take this time, introduce yourself and, and where you live and, and where you're at and what you're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, name's Rod Santiago. I am Filipino. Uh, I'm, yeah. Amen. There we go. <laughs> Man. Just let's That's get why that we're out doing of the this. way because everyone always thinks, you know, what it, are you? Are you Mexican? Or are you yeah. Samoan? I mean, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so um, I uh, pastor currently at Grace Bible Church in Roseville. I shouldn't say currently. I pastor at Grace Bible Church in Roseville. I've been here for about 15 years now. Um, a little bit longer preaching here. I, I was here. I preached here for about almost eight months before I um, accepted the call to, to be the pastor here. They took a vote and, and uh, about eight months after I started preaching. So um, I was uh, born down in, uh, in San Diego, raised. My dad was a, was a military man. He was um, recruited out of the Philippines into the U.S. Navy oh, uh, at the famous Sangley Point. Um, uh, Filipinos who know their history are going to know Sangley Point. And my dad was recruited there, um, joined the Navy, was in the U.S. Navy. And um, uh, our family basically stayed in California. So I was born in San Diego, then moved up to San Francisco Bay Area, lived in the San Francisco Bay Area was born, was, uh, was raised there. I've got two brothers and two sisters. I am the, uh, the fourth. I've got a, a younger sister and then, uh, uh, two older brothers and older sister. Mm-hmm. Um, I was raised in a family that was a Roman Catholic. So I was raised up in a, in a Roman Catholic home. My mom was a, was a devout, uh, Catholic. My, my dad was a Catholic because my mom was a Catholic. So, you know, we had one of those typical, Kind of Filipino homes where my dad was the figurehead and my mom was the power, right? So she kind of did, ran the home. Did your dad want to be Catholic only because your mom was Catholic? Like, did yeah, he marry that's, her that's because... really it. I mean, okay, he the only reason he went um, to to any kind of Catholic service was because my my mom went, mm-hmm. and because he was in the Navy, he'd be gone like six to eight months at a time. Um, when oh, we wow. were when I was I was I I have. A lot of memories of when I was younger, five, six, seven, eight, you know, nine years old. But a lot of those memories don't include my dad because he was gone. How you long know, was he in the Navy for? 
Uh, so for, um, he put in 20, 26 years, I think it was 26. And, wow. and I was, I, I was alive for um, uh, 14 of those. So for 14 years of my life, my dad was, well, actually more like, more like 12 years of my life because he was on a ship for those 12, for 12 years. And then, um, then he was, uh, he was on uh, office duty his last two years in, in the yeah. military, but, but yeah, so we um, you know, spent a lot of my childhood basically um, with my mom and uh, you know, I had a, a my uh, older brother, um, the oldest in our family is about seven years older than me. And so um, he was uh, kind of responsible for, you know, a lot of the stuff that my dad would have been doing. Um, and, wow. uh, and all that was because, you know, my dad joined the Navy and we were not a, a rich family at all uh, with, and then we had five kids and uh, you know, he was on a Navy salary. So um, you know, it wasn't like my mom could go out and just afford childcare or things like that. So, uh, so that's, that's kind of the home that I, I grew up in. And of course, you know, as I, as I often tell people, um, you know, my dad being away six to eight months at a time, um, my mom would, would, uh, sometimes get, um, you know, she get, she get tired of disciplining us, you know, that Chanela can only go so far. And, uh, so, yeah, you guys, you guys were disobeyed so much that she just got tired of disciplining you guys. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we wore her Chanela out, man. Her Chanela <laughs> That's how bad you guys out. were. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I don't know. Do you know what a Hot Wheel track is? Yeah. Of course. Yeah, so we, I wanted we, Hot Wheels all the time. Yeah. 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 So that was my mom used that. She used the Hot Wheel track to discipline us. She used the Hot Wheel track. Yeah, bro. Did I she mean, use actual Hot like, Wheels too. Did she throw the cars at well, you? Yeah. No. no, no cars. No cars. The tracks, okay. man. Those right. things hurt. Yeah. Um, that would hurt anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, so you, that, that's kind of the, the, the home I grew up in. And, yeah. and like I said, I grew up Roman Catholic. So, okay. Wow. Yeah. So and then, uh, by the time I got to high school, um, I, I, I played a lot of sports in high school. I played mm -hmm. basketball. I played baseball. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, for me, my life was mostly about me. And, mm -hmm. and I, you know, I thought I was just, you know, everything I had the, I had the, the girlfriend that everybody wanted in, in high school yeah. and I was getting the grades and, yeah. You know, I had the you know, so-called right friends, you know, yeah. in high school. Yeah. And um, you know, it was a public school. And um, uh, one day, a friend of mine, um, he was kind of a nerdy guy. And, uh, you know, I was a I was a, a knucklehead jock. And um, this nerdy guy was very faithful. He said, hey, we got a Bible study. You want to come to our Bible study? And, um, you know, I. I I, I kind of put it in the back of my head because I was actually supposed to go out that night. It was a Friday night, supposed to go out with my friends and we're going to go to the club and do all that kind of stuff. And, um, and one by one, my friends just started dropping out. They called me and said, Hey, I, I can't make it tonight. And, and every single one of them, there, there were eight of them. Every single one of them said, I can't make it tonight. So I thought, well, you know, that, that's no fun. I'm not going to go out by myself. And so I'll go to this Bible study, you know, and, and, and of course in the back of my mind, you know, there's some cute girls that go there. Right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, that's how everyone got the Bible study. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. So, so, um, yeah, I just, I, I went to the Bible study and, uh, for the very first time heard John three and, uh, you know, and, and, and in particular hearing about how, um, 
you know, he must increase, I must decrease. And oh, that yeah. struck me. That was an important verse for me too, growing up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was very influential. Yeah. Because, you know, growing up Roman Catholic, I went to all the, I went to, you know, uh, uh, what they call CCD, their Sunday school yeah, um, and all that, but all of it was just morality and, and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that verse, for some reason, of course, we know why, but uh, the Lord used that verse in my life to, to show me that my world was all about me and wow. it could not be about me. It, it yeah. should not be about me. It had to yeah. be about him. Yeah. And uh, so that night, the, the, the Lord in his kindness and faithfulness saved me. Praise God. Wow. Yeah. Praise God. Thank you for sharing that. So we're here in your, your testimony. You get saved. Let's kind of fast forward a little bit to yeah. like family in terms yeah. of your marriage and you having kids, right? Yeah. So can you share maybe a little bit about that dynamic? How long yeah. have you married? Yeah. How many kids do you have? Yeah. So my wife um, is Maria. Uh, we will be, we've been married for 24 years. We're um, in our 25th year of marriage. Uh, we dated for three months, got engaged. We were engaged for six months and got married. So um, from the time that we started dating to the time we got married, it was nine months. Um, my wife uh, got pregnant at, went on our honeymoon. Okay. And so nine months later, we had a baby. So we had yeah, nine yeah. months of dating and, and engagement. And then nine months later, we have a baby. So yeah, not a lot of alone time for you guys. So you've been right. parents from the very beginning. Yeah. 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 So from the yeah. very beginning of our, of our marriage, we were, you know, we were dealing with pregnancy and then we had, uh, we had our, our, our first, um, and then, um, so we, we had, uh, we had, uh, four kids. We have four kids. Uh, my oldest now is, um, is, is 23. Um, then I've got a, um, a 20 year old will be 21 next week. And then I've got a 19 year old and an 18 year old. So we had, we had four kids, five and under. Um, you know, we had, uh, my first was, was born, um, you know, a, a, a almost a year into our, 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 our marriage. And then the, um, we actually had a miscarriage after she was born. Um, and then, um, and then the Lord in his kindness, you know, gave us uh, another one, a son, and, and he was born um, about 20, about 20 months after my, our first and then 16 months later, we had our third. And then 18 months later, or 19 months later, we had our, our fourth. So we have uh, four kids. Um, like I said, they're all 18 and over now. Um, and and it, was, it was tough. I mean, you know, um, being newly married um, and, and then, and then um, having, having children and learning parenting as we're learning how to be married was a big challenge for us. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm going to explore that when we start yeah. talking about questions a little bit more, because that's that yeah. is very interesting that you talk about, because a lot I think a lot of parents can resonate with that, especially if they had kids early on and didn't have that, you know, one or two years by themselves. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people can can resonate with with what you experienced. So can you share, too? So you mentioned um, where, where are you in terms of uh, where you serve and what is your responsibility at a church? Yeah. So at that time, I was actually doing legislative work. So I was working, you know, I had a secular job. I was doing legislative work and I was working about 40 to 50 hours a week, sometimes 60. Um, wow. I spent a lot of time at the state capitol. Um, 
did a lot of traveling around the around California and um, took a, a number of trips back to Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. Traveled around the, the the nation at different conferences and things like that. So um, I, I was it it was almost like um, I was like my dad. You know, my dad was gone for six, eight months at a time. Oh, really? I was yeah. Traveling, but kind of came full circle. Yeah. Yeah, but when when um, my when I started doing a lot of this traveling around the state, I told my boss um, that I needed to be home every single night. So if I'm going to travel, if I'm going to go to a conference down in in San Diego, which I did quite yeah. a bit, I told him I, I'm flying back that night. Did you have one of those epiphanies like I'm turning into my dad? Yeah, absolutely, man. Is that what happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh it was one of those, man, I remember as a kid how I would always ask myself, "Well, where's dad? You know, where where is he?" And um and I didn't want my kids to to kind of feel that. So, mm-hmm. I told my boss that I'm I'm coming home. So, you know, in the providence of God, um I I was over uh, I was in charge of um, a, a number of programs uh, related to um, education down in San Diego County, Orange County, and Imperial County. Mm-hmm. So I had to travel down there almost every week. And I'd be going down there three, four times a week. But it was basically, I'd leave in the morning at about 5 a.m., something like that. And I'd come back and I'd get back about eight or nine Um and sometimes a little later than that, but eight or nine usually, and um, get you know we we didn't because of that we didn't we didn't put our kids down to sleep until I until I came home and was able to you know sit with them and talk with them and yeah. you know um, so so that was probably the first um, that was about the first five years of us having kids. Wow, that's kind of what we went through. Um, and, and so in, in terms of ministry, I was at that time, I was attending a church in, in Vallejo called Community Bible Church, and I was the uh, discipleship pastor. Mm-hmm. I was the college pastor. What year was this? Uh, this was 2000. Uh, this was 1999. Not yet, and, 2000. Yeah, to about 2000 and, okay. and uh, well, actually 2008. So, um, so I was discipleship pastor, college pastor. Um, I was, uh, I was teaching our Sunday school class. I would, uh, preach on occasion. And, um, so I was involved in ministry, involved in the church. I was discipling mm-hmm. at that time uh, around, around 2000, about 2005, I had, uh, four or five different discipleship groups that I was leading. Um, so I was discipling, I think at that time, about 14 guys, okay. um, and I look back on that and I think I, I there's I have no idea, you know. People ask me, well, how'd you do that? And I just I, the Lord. I mean, that's all I can yeah. say. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. But you know, the 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 one thing that we wanted to make sure our kids understood was that the church has a priority in our life as a mm. family, and we wanted them to grow up understanding that the church has a priority in the life of the believer, and so that meant that. Um, you know, we would go to church and um, uh, they might be hungry at lunchtime. And so we, we would bring little snacks that mm-hmm. they, could, they could snack on because we're going to spend time after service, which ended about noon. We're going to spend time fellowshipping yeah. and, and talking with people. And, and, you know, and so we spent that time talking to people. Our kids got used to the idea that 
yeah, even though service is over, church isn't over, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so we would give them little snacks and things like that. And, and they got used to that until, you know, they started understanding, okay, Sunday lunch is going to happen at about, you know, sometimes two, two thirty. Yeah. And, uh, and they kind of got used to that. Yeah. Um, so, okay. yeah. And they also understood that, um, you know, when I had discipleship, I'd have it, we had a, at that time in our house, we had a little, uh, a little office that I, that I had and I'd meet, you know, I, I disciple, uh, guys and I'd meet with them in the office. My wife would disciple young ladies. She'd meet with them in the office. They knew when that office door was closed, our kids knew, you know, mom or dad, they're meeting with somebody right now. So, mm-hmm. you know, we gotta, we gotta keep it down and, yeah. um, and, you know, we're not going to open that door. So we were, we tried to train our kids to understand church is important to us because the people of God are important to us because Christ mm-hmm. is important to us. Yeah. Where, where did you think that came from in terms of your desire to have the church so um, involved in just your parenting? I mean, we're already going into this parenting discussion. I even tell people what we're talking about today. It's yeah. probably going to be in the title, Yeah. but if you haven't got it, we're going to be talking about parenting. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. um, so where did that come from when it comes to like, you had such a strong desire for the church to be involved with your kids? Where yeah. does that come from? Like, I mean, does that, was that just because you were a pastor or was it like other stuff? No, it, 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 it actually came from, from my pastor, uh, pastor Steve Fernandez was, uh, I, I watched his life and his mm-hmm. life was one where, um, you know, he would always have people over to his house um, he would always be, um, you know, uh, ministering to other pastors and he'd invite me and some other brothers out to, to lunch with him and these other pastors. And he would just kind of model for us what it meant to, to, you know, um, mentor people and disciple people and, and that kind of thing. And, and so I, I kind of watched him and his family and I watched some of the other, some of the other men in the family who were leaders in the church, elders, some of them were Bible study leaders. And I watched them. And there were some that didn't do it, you know, didn't do very well with it. But yeah. mostly in God's kindness, um, the church that I was a part of, that was a that was a big deal yeah. um, to have families that understood that, yes, you you are important. But you also, you also have to understand that that ministry church is 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 important. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and that and scripture bears that out. Yeah, I mean, scripture bears that out, right? I mean, the, the yeah. fact that Jesus came, that he was going to be a sword, as it were, even in families, right? Yeah. Um, and yet, we're called to be a part of a church yeah, and to not neglect the assembling and, and those kinds of things. Yeah. So, so what I was being taught, and I didn't even realize it back then, you know, early on in, in, my, um, in my parenting, in, in my marriage, um, early on, I was learning that, yeah, you train, you, you have to have to train your kids to understand the bride of Christ is important to Christ. Therefore it's got to be important to us. Yeah. Speaking of early on. Yeah. When you look back to some of the early struggles that you and your wife had as parents, what what were those early struggles? You, you know, we might be having just parents of different life. um, You know, uh, some, you know, younger parents, some older parents, a lot of different people. Maybe we'll try to hit up uh, all the different demographics in this discussion. Yeah. But for you guys, what were some of those early struggles that you had experienced as, um, as parents? Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the, probably the biggest struggle that we had was having this expectation of our kids. They, we expected them to behave a certain way. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
And, and, and honestly, with our first, she was very compliant mm -hmm. um, uh, outwardly, very, very um, obedient. If, you know, if, if someone were to, to, to uh, take a camera and, and film the, the first mm -hmm. year of, her, of my, our, our mm -hmm. daughter's life, they would see that someone was, was you know, had the look of obedience. Mm -hmm. um, we tell her to do something, or even sometimes we just give her a look mm -hmm. and she'd stop what she was doing. And so <laughs> in our own arrogance, my wife and I thought, man, this parenting thing is easy, man. Yeah. What's everyone complaining about, man? This stuff is so <laughs> easy. We should write a book, you know, and uh, um, not, not the book part, but we just thought it was easy, right? You this wanted to, so you wanted to write a book. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we thought, man, this is so easy. And then, and then the Lord said, okay, let me give you another one. So he gave us our second. And our second was my son. Completely different, right? Yeah, completely yeah. different, completely different personality, yeah. um, you know, and, and, and very, um, very active versus our first who was not super active. Yeah. And so are they okay with you talking about them like this? I don't want to yeah, get you yeah. in any trouble or anything. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no. You asked for permission, no. right? <laughs> they would, they would Just completely kidding. agree with me. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're, 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 they're pastor's kids. So they're used to it. Oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs> don't get me started about that. All right. All right. Keep going. Keep going. So second. Yeah. One's so, different. so yeah, it, it was, you know, um, we had these expectations of, of that they would behave a certain way. Mm -hmm. And it finally, after, you know, after a while, it, it dawned on us, by God's grace, it dawned on us that they're unbelievers. Why would we expect mm. them to act as believers if they're unbelievers? We have a good, solid yeah. soteriology, yeah. right? We understand salvation. We understand yeah. justification. We understand sanctification. Why is it that in parenting, all of a sudden, all that goes out the door? Yeah. So and you were we foisting, you were most, almost like foisting salvation upon them, assuming they were saved, assuming that they would act a certain way, or maybe not assuming they were saved, but just assuming that they would act a certain way. Right. Not exactly. re remembering that they were, they're unregenerate. They're not, right. they're not believers, not Christians. Yeah. So they're this is exactly acting, how, how they should be acting. Right. They're acting according to their nature. Mm -hmm. their, their nature is, is this sinful yeah. Right. Child of wrath. That's what yeah. they are. Yeah. You know? That helps and, our expectations as parents, I think. Right. Especially what's that? With, that helps our expectations out of our kids as parents to understand, well, if they're not regenerate and they're not Christians, they're supposed to be acting this way. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, certainly as parents, you want to you want to put some some parameters around it. I mean, sure. you're not going to say, you know, oh, they're jumping on the on my you know, we're visiting somebody's house mm -hmm. and they're jumping on the furniture. Sure. Oh, well, they're just unbelievable. <laughs> you know? so excuse my kids. They're unregenerate. So they can, <laughs> right. they can jump on your couch. That's fine. Yeah. So as parents, you do have that authority to say, okay, you're not doing that. You know, yeah, that's the balance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, you got to understand that, mm -hmm. you know, th they're going to act according to their nature. Sure. And I think for us, that was probably the biggest lesson that we had to learn. Yeah, because and the other part was, you know, that whole shame that, that in the Filipino culture, right, you got to have perfect kids, right? They got to be perfectly obedient. Is that just Filipino not. culture? Don't you think other cultures? Is that just Filipino culture? Don't you think other cultures struggle with that, too? Yeah, no. Yeah, absolutely. I think others, yeah. other, other cultures do. But but it's different for ours, right? It's Yeah, it's, it's certainly one that we're very familiar with as, yeah. as, as Filipinos, right? Um, you know, I, I mean, I don't know how, how it was for you. Growing up, brother, but I know for me, 
the you know as as children when the adults were in the room the children you know that 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 cliche of children are 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 uh, seen but not heard that was how it was for for me growing up mm. you know and and um it was just kind of an expectation you just yeah. kind of sat yeah and then you know if you could if you could get the blessing of your parents to go outside then you just ran around and went yeah. crazy right yeah so um so yeah it, it um you know for for us that we had to learn that our kids are going to act according to who they are they're unbelievers and they're yeah any other maybe you can bullet point any other struggles just kind of a bullet points that you guys yeah so with? um you could just list them off yeah i i think uh so so those unrealistic expectations mm -hmm. right i think that's yeah certainly one um the other one is um ex uh and i guess it falls under expectations but um uh not meeting the standards that we think our our friends have for our kids so other people's expectations what we you. think are other people's expectations. oh perceived expectations right exactly so, okay so we perceive that they're gonna expect our kids to be perfect our kids are not acting perfect that's embarrassing right and, and so it's almost like a false like a false embarrassment too because they're not really actually thinking those things exactly. you think they're thinking those things but right. they're not but they're not they're they're completely ah you know, they're interesting completely yeah rare. yeah and no, uh, i no. think that's a that's a great i totally thought that way before too mm -hmm. say again yeah i've I, I i can resonate with that i can i think other parents can resonate with that as well yeah you you and, and especially in our context right in the church context you know we we um we think that others are going to expect our kids to mm. be perfectly you know well behaved and and they really don't have that expectation yeah. at all yeah and so it's silly of us, but I think it's part of our pride. Yeah, no, it is. So we've think, we've looked at the struggles, yeah. and I know you're after being a parent of 24 years, right? You're a perfect parent now. So yeah, right. That's why you're doing this podcast, <laughs> and I'm interviewing you, right? I'm joking yeah. in my tone. If you haven't caught my tone, <laughs> what areas? If you can be charitable to yourself and to your wife, what areas do you think that you did well? And feel free to just kind of like list them out, and then yeah, um, I, I think our um, you know, we can, we, we have the, the ability now to look back mm -hmm. because our kids are adults now and we can kind yeah. of look through and say, okay, well, well, here's the result of, of what happened. So I think first, uh, and, and foremost is that, um, we have an open line of communication with our kids. Mm -hmm. They are very willing to talk to us about everything. Yeah. Um, that's great. And so I, I think we, we, we did that. Well, I think we learned, um, by God's grace, we learned how to properly discipline them. Um, because I think early on, that was, that was one of our struggles was learning how to appropriately mm -hmm. discipline them. Yeah. Um, and where did you learn then, that from the proper way of discipline? Where did you get that from? Actually, from um, church or books that, or what? That was actually uh, Ted Tripp. You know, okay. I mean, Dead trip, um, shepherding a child's heart, shepherding a child's right. heart. Um, but did that he, just come out during that time? Is that why? Or it was actually a workshop that he did uh, in the Bay Area and before and the book, we, before uh, it was around the time of the book around that okay. time. And yeah. um, I don't remember which which was was first, but okay. I remember going to that and um, and, you know, he just the way he talked about how we discipline our children was completely okay. different from how we did it. Wow. So, so that transformed learned. it. OK, so yeah. discipline. Yeah. Anything else that you guys felt like you did well? Um, our family worship, um, family okay. worship. I think we did really well. Mm -hmm. 
And, and, and let me say this, because a lot of times in families, in, in, our, in Christian homes, we get frustrated because we don't do family worship well. Yeah. And, and, and I think the danger is that we think, okay, I don't do it well, therefore it's a lost cause. Like I the give greater, up. Yeah. The greater concern we ought to have as Christian parents is not family worship, which is important, but is the home is the culture of the home a, 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 a culture of worship? So family worship would just be the outflow of the culture of worship at home. Exactly. Right? So, and, and, and of course, you, you know what I mean by worship. I'm not simply talking about singing, right? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm talking about just, is there a, a bent towards, towards Christ, towards the Lord in the home? So that when conversations happen, conversations aren't simply about, uh, you know, this is what happened at school or this is what happened when I was hanging out with my friends and, and, and it's not brought back to the gospel. To the yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, those are not in isolation to worshiping the Lord. Those conversations of how is school, you know, how's your homework, all that stuff is in the context of worshiping the Lord, right? Exactly. And, and those conversations are always are always going to be directed heavenward, right? So, so even mm-hmm. though I may be talking about my kid and, and, you know, talking to my kid about how, you know, their, their day at school was, I'm also trying to, trying to help them think with a biblical worldview to say, you know what, the reason they, they said that to you or did that is because they don't have the Lord mm-hmm. and they, they're acting according, just like the Bible says, they're acting according to the course of this world. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah. so, so yeah, I think the, the, what we ought to be concerned more with as Christian parents is the, is the environment of the home, a, a, an environment of worship. Um, and like you said, you know, family worship is, is just the outflow of that environment. Yeah, that's great. Um, we, we, I want to revisit that because we're going to talk about family worship yeah. probably in a little bit. If God could give you a redo, Rod. Yeah. You know, a mulligan on, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, on, uh, yeah. on your parenting. Okay, yeah. this will be two mulligans, right? What are okay. two things that you would have done differently for your kids? Like if you, you and your wife are looking back on this, what would be two things that you guys would do differently? If that, if you wouldn't do any, anything differently, that's fine. But is there something that you would say like, hey, I, I wish I would have done it slightly differently? Exactly. Yeah, I think, um, I think I probably would have spent more time um, teaching them uh, certain sports um, you know, they, they, at that time, why sports? what's that? Why sports? Uh, because now they're seeing the value of sports as adults. Okay. You know, my, 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 my son, um, in high school, he played on a, on a, a, a volleyball team, you know, mm-hmm. and he sees the value of that. And, and he kind of looks back and says, well, you know, why wasn't I interested in playing basketball and baseball, you know? And mm-hmm. I, I wasn't, as a parent, I didn't want to force him into that. Okay. You know, I didn't want to be one of those dads who said, well, I played baseball. Therefore you play baseball. You know, was that like an extreme, like you kind of swung the pendulum the other way, like you didn't want to force them into sports. So you didn't really like press them as much. Yeah. We didn't talk about it. We, I mean, I I would bring my, I would bring my, my kids to, you know, baseball games or basketball games. I'd bring them to those things, but I was, I, I, I think, yeah, it was, it was too far of a, of a pendulum swing. Okay. You know, and, and I didn't, and I, and I also, I think I also had a fear that I, I didn't want to become the parent that missed church because my kid's playing soccer. 
you know, uh, and, yeah. and I think they're going to mm-hmm. do really well in soccer. Yeah. I think they got a chance for scholarship and therefore mm-hmm. we're going to miss Sunday. Well, I didn't yeah. want to be that. And so I yeah. think it was a too much of a, of a pendulum swing for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you do see, you see value in having parents do sports or having yeah kids do sports and parents encouraging sports. Yeah, I do. I, I just think that there's a, you know, there's as with everything, right. You got to balance it out because mm-hmm. again, the greater priority is, is the church, right. Yeah. And, and you want to teach your kids that church is important. Therefore, yeah. if we're saying, well, we're going to miss church because you're going to play soccer. No, we're, that's we're the far extreme. That. Yeah. Not that's at the expense that. of your, your relationship with the Lord. That's right. But yeah. you can find a way to participate in it in a healthy way. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are so many different ways that you can do it, yeah. especially nowadays. When my kids were younger, it yeah. was it was a little more difficult, but it, it could have been done. Yeah. Um, but nowadays it's so much easier to get them involved in things that okay. and and um let me say this. Uh it, as a part of that, when you ask about a redo, as a part of that, I wouldn't only get them involved, but I would want to be involved with them in that. Uh. So it'd be a shared so experience. Even a deeper relationship with that shared experience, right? Absolutely. Because mm-hmm. uh, I tell you, when I, I mentioned my, my son, my oldest, my, my, well, my, all my, my kids, actually, um, when they were in school, they, they went, uh, we homeschooled them for the first um, uh, 12 years of their lives. Mm-hmm. So once they got to um, seventh grade um, is when we, well, our first was ninth grade. Uh, but our our third and then fourth and fifth, when they get to seventh grade, we sent them to a public charter school. Mm-hmm. So we we're no longer homeschooling at that point. Um, but we got them involved in the sports in their schools. So they played volleyball. Um, and I coached. I, I coached the team. And it gave me an opportunity just to know who their friends are and gave me an opportunity to have some shared experiences with them yeah. that even to this day, my son and I talk about it all the time. It was, I mean, it was, was, you know, I've coached a lot of different sports and it was the, the, the best time that I've ever had because I got to coach my son. Yeah. So that shared experience affected so many different aspects of your life and your, the dynamic of your relationship between you and your son and even meeting new people and yeah. opening up doors for, I'm assuming, you know, even gospel evangelism. Yeah, um, but I think principally too, like you would probably say, like it's not just sports, but something that you would be involved in with your kids. Like if parents are listening to this and like, ah, oh, we're not really sports people. Yeah. Well, maybe it's just like what music or some sort of, you know, troop dance activity or, or dance or something. Well, I don't, yeah. you know, if they if they dance, right? I'm sure you right. can dance, right, right, brother Rod. So that's your spiritual gift. I heard that was your spiritual gift. <laughs> cha cha, bro, cha cha. That's all I can do, man. <laughs> spiritual gift of cha cha. All right. Where's this going? All right. Um, <laughs> any other redos? Um, so sports would be one. Yeah. What other, what other redos would, would there be? Um, I, I think I would, I think I would read to them more. Um, and, and, and having said that I did read to them quite a bit, Okay. but I think I would reach them from the books that I read. So your theology, books, your theology books. Yeah. I think as they got older, I would, I, I would, I should have been reading some of those to them. Can I ask why? Because I, I want I want them to have a, a deeper theological grounding, and mm-hmm. that would give us opportunities to talk about those things. And we again we we talked about those things on a on a uh, on a on a on a good level, mm-hmm. but um, I, I think I would want them to have a deeper theological understanding of some things, so that 
um, you know, they, they would be prepared. I mean, once they, you know, my, my, uh, my oldest, you know, she, when she, she went to Christian college, mm-hmm. uh, my, my second, he's going to a, a secular school, secular college. Uh, my third is going to Christian college. And so they're dealing with theological things there. Um, yeah. And there are some people there that are, you know, speak, you know, talking about theological things. And, and so they're calling me and asking me, I mean, you know, praise God, they're doing that. And I'm thankful they are. But uh, I, I think I, it would have been a, uh, a, a stronger preparation for college had yeah. I done that. Yeah. So the reason why you would want to read to them those things would be to spark those theological conversations more to prep them as they get older and they have to face the world or even talk to other Christians about these theological issues. And um, so so what you would go back and you would open Wayne Grudem systematic theology and read it to your two year old. Is that is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, you know, um, <laughs> you know, uh, Bruce Ware's book, Big Truth for Little Hearts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we read That's that to them when they were younger. Okay. Um, and, and a lot of times they were kind of like, well, I don't, yeah, I don't understand. Yes. Yeah. So. so you're saying age appropriate, right. Yeah. Yeah. But also not like, uh, behind their level. I, I right. think I heard but, one, one, I think I heard one, one person say like, you always want to go a level above or a level ahead of where your kid is at. So that you're not right. like dumbing things down and. You yeah. Know, yeah. Um, we're, we're, we're not, I'm not talking about da- you know, our daily bread. We're not doing that. <laughs> Okay. You know, we what's want... wrong with that, brother? You want to say something controversial? Huh? <laughs> okay. Someone, someone might be That's reading that right all now. I'm saying, bro. That's all I'm okay. saying. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Someone's reading the Daily Bread right now. We're, we're, <laughs> we're not saying anything about that. Right. So. I'm not saying right. anything about that. I'm just saying right. we're not doing that. I want okay. something that's that's more substantial, right? Something okay. that something that is doctrinally robust that will prepare them for later on and so as they're in you know in in school now my yeah. son's about to graduate um, from college um my my like i say my first went to christian college she graduated mm-hmm. but there are some things that that they dealt with that they weren't quite prepared for okay and so in you know as you, as you talk about a redo i would say yeah i would want to them to, i would want to have prepared them for those conversations Great. and the only way i could see doing that was having you know read some things to them and, and train them in it so that they would be prepared. Great. That's great, brother. What would you say are some of the greatest joys you've experienced as a parent? If there are a lot, you can go ahead and just yeah. know, list them out. But so, your experience as a parent, what are those greatest joys? So, I, I, you know, as I mentioned, I have four kids, and they're all professing believers. So um, I've baptized each one of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, that has been such joy. That's, awesome. that's been such a joy uh, to just to, to see them uh, proclaim Christ, proclaim, you know, loving the gospel. Um, that has been just such a, a, a great joy. Um, there are times where um, my, my four kids will be serving together in, on the music team for our church that's on a nice. Sunday morning. Sometimes I almost cry. I mean, I even, it's even like, today. It's just the worship, and then like, why is Dad crying <laughs> yeah, right now? Right. What's wrong with Dad today? Yeah. Uh, but you know, I see them up there, and 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 they're serving the Lord. Praise God. And that is such a joy. Yeah. I mean, I can't even. I can't even. Words can't express mm-hmm. the joy that I feel when I see my kids serving the Lord. Yeah. And I see them doing it not out of because uh, uh, of the pastor's kids. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And and not some sort of 
sort of uh, parental push. Like we, you know, you know, okay, you go sing now, huh? Go sing, you know. <laughs> you forced them to do it. You twisted their arm. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. But instead, they're saying, Dad, I, I got to get up early tomorrow. I'm on the, I'm, I'm on the, I'm serving in the band tomorrow. Yeah. And I said, well, praise the Lord, you know. And so there they go, you know, often, you know, early to, to go practice. And so, uh, yeah, that is, brother, I can't tell you. I can't even, I can't even explain what yeah. really the joy that is to see them. Oh, no, that's great. Away. Yeah. 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 Any other joys? Any other things that uh, just make you happy about? You know, a, a lot of them. Well, my daughter got married and I was able to do oh, yeah. this. I did the, I was the officiant at the, at the wedding. Yeah. Uh, that was a great joy, you know, to. Uh, How does that feel to have your daughter married? One of your babies hard. are married. It's yeah, hard. It is. I mean, I, I love it. He's a, she married a good brother in, in mm -hmm. Christ. Um, he's a, he's a, he's a solid brother. Um, and I, and I love them dearly, but it's hard. You know I mean? As a, as a dad, our role, especially in our daughter's lives is to be their primary protector. Mm -hmm. And that picture that, that is given, you know, when, when, when you're asked the question of, you know, who gives this woman to be married to this man and you say, well, I do. And then you hand her over, right. That whole symbolic handing over. Yeah that's hard because I'm saying, okay, I was given my God given role in her life was to be her primary protector. Yeah. Now you are the primary. Yeah, yeah. Protector. Wait, did you officiate the wedding? Yeah. So, so, okay, so did you so ask yourself that question? Yeah. Yeah. I looked in the mirror. No. So I had, <laughs> so my, my best friend in, uh, uh, my best friend's a pastor Okay. And, I, and we flew him out from Hawaii. I said, you're just, you're there. You're just doing that thing. part. Just, just that one part the question, yeah. out for that one part. Yep. Wow. I'm doing the wedding. So, and I've told my kids, I tell all my kids, I'm doing your weddings. I don't care. I'm doing your weddings. So, so yeah. So that's what we did. I, I he, he asked a question okay. and then, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, that's great. Sorry. I interrupt you. That's uh, no, 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 the, no. okay. <laughs> it's a legitimate question. No. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Any other joys you want to just mention? Yeah. Um, you know, so, so, you know, my daughter getting married, that my kids serving. A lot of them relate to to just watching them serve because the, the joy is that I know the Lord's at work in them. And so yeah. in seeing the Lord at work in them and seeing the, the outcome of that, mm -hmm. what, what that actually looks like, and seeing them evangelize and seeing them yeah. disciple people. Yeah. I, yes. I can't tell you what joy that is. Yeah, the joy in the service comes from the fact that it know it's it's coming from a heart that knows the Lord and yes. from 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 saving faith. So yes, that's, um, yeah, that's, that's what's probably more joyful is to know that your kids are saved. Right. And that they, they know the Lord, and they love the Lord. Right. To see them walking in truth. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, that's, that's the joy, right. To see them walking in truth, man. Uh, yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's, it, yeah. it's, as a dad, it's joyful. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something, especially as a young parent that I kind of fear right now is just, um, and I know other parents can resonate with this, especially with kids that don't know the Lord. Like my fear would be that I would live in eternity. I know I would be happy in the Lord. I'd be joyful in in Christ and fully content. But one of my fears is, you know, would I would I be sad that my kids are not with me, right? Yeah. Um, and that I did something to kind of maybe push them away from the gospel. Um, yeah. And you know, and again, we can have like a overly humanistic. Um, response and say like oh it's all on me to save my kids i don't think i'm, I'm saying that but it's just yeah. it's a genuine fear i think we all have as parents right to yeah. um to, to fear that we would be without them in eternity 
right? Yeah, it, I mean, and and I mean, yeah, absolutely. That that's that is the most fearful thing a parent could think about, mm-hmm. right? To 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 see that their 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 children are not, you know, they're they're away from the presence of the Lord. Yeah, uh, that that I I mean I just that is a a, a fearful thing. Yeah, to even the, the very thought of that it just causes you to shudder as a parent. Yeah. Yeah, I know parents sometimes say, "Is like I would trade my place with them if I could." I know Paul when once it's kind of said that too, right? For the right, Romans nine, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I'm just like, well, I don't know if I would. I, I love Christ, you know. So <laughs> like, I don't want, but I understand the sentiment, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I understand absolutely. what Paul is saying too. It's just like, hey, if I like, if they could be saved, like I would be willing to do anything for them to be saved. Yeah, um, and, and you know, along with that, the danger of that. Right. The, the, the overreaction to that is that we try to play, like you said, we play Holy Spirit. Try right? to manipulate try to, them into Christ, being Christian. Yeah, yeah. We, we try to bring conviction upon them or, you know, we look for these little things. I mean, in pastoral ministry, I come across this all the time, especially when you talk about particular doctrines like doctrine of election or mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. Where parents struggle with that because, you know, I've, I've had parents come up to me and say, well, you know, my my kid, I know when they were in you know, when they were seven years old, they prayed a prayer, but they're not walking with the Lord today. But do you think they're elect? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, you know, it, it's or some uh, parents are just like, since they prayed that prayer, I right. know they're going to heaven too. Right, right, and and they, they say, well, you know, you know, I know that they're not, you know, living for the Lord and they're in their sin, but they prayed a prayer. Well, you cannot give any kind yeah. of guarantee based on them saying some words. You know? Yeah. It's so dangerous to give those false guarantees. Like that's one yeah. extreme, right? To give the false guarantees. But right. I think there's the other extreme too, especially with us in terms of Lordship salvation, looking for that fruit, emphasizing the fruit so much that it becomes legalistic, right? And saying like, um, they're actually saved, but we're still waiting for to see perfection, right? Right. So that's like the yeah. other extreme, right? Yeah. And, and that's, um, I think um, uh, at the Puritan conference a couple weeks ago, yep. uh, Joel Beakey was talking about assurance, right? The Puritans and on that's assurance. right. And one of the things that he said, and I thought it was very helpful, was that you know when you when when you see these little graces in your life, you know you 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 understand that that you know there can be some assurance there. Mm-hmm. You know, you hunger and thirst for righteousness, even though you're struggling with this sin. You hunger and thirst for righteousness, and as parents. Again, kind of going back to those those expectations we can have, we think they're going to be the perfect Christian, and if they're not the perfect Christian, then they're unsaved. Mm-hmm. Well, we we got to be like you said, we got to we got to make sure we balance that out and say, well, they're not perfect because you know, sin is a reality in this world, but there are some small graces in their life. Yeah, they do love to read the Bible, or it took, yeah, it's okay to celebrate those small graces and absolutely. just blow them up and just praise God and praise, even honor them, right? In the right healthy way. That's right. For, for that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things we did with our kids um, when they were little is uh, we actually had them pray. And I had mm. some pushback from people saying, why are your children praying? They're not believers. They're unregenerate. Why aren't right, you having them pray? Right. So why, why are they What's praying? What's wrong with you? Yeah, exactly. But you know, the, the, the thing about that is you're, 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 you're training them. Yeah. And and you're training them and and you're praying that while they're doing that, that the Lord would teach them things. Yeah. This has been an interesting topic because I think that's what's different between an unre- unregenerate child of a believer versus what you require of a just a, a an unbeliever in, in the streets, right? Yeah. As mm-hmm. parents, we're required and we're 
told by God to instruct them in these ways. Yes. So it's not legalistic, even though an unregenerate person is doing those things. Yeah. They're supposed to, as our children of regenerate believers. Right. Right. And those are the things that God eventually will use um, even to bring about salvation. So it's yeah. not like, and I understand the argument, right? It's legalistic for a unregenerate, unbelieving child to do Christian things. Yeah. Well, it is if they're doing it as a means of salvation. But yeah. if you're doing it out of obedience to your parents, out of a understanding in the context of the gospel, if the parent is always telling them, hey, you need to be saved. Like, I think those things are fine because they have to be trained. It's like teaching your kids how to eat, how to how to um, ride a bike. Right. Right. That's yeah. those are the natural. So why can't that be the same thing for the spiritual realm, teaching the fundamentals of of spiritual matters, even right. though they're saved? Right? Yeah, you're teaching them that prayer is a conversation between God and his children mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you're teaching that God is, is real and he hears yeah. prayers, you know? Yeah. So, so there's a way in which we can communicate that to our kids without affirming anything about their salvation. Yeah. Yeah. And, Not affirming and a even, false salvation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We even taught our kids when they're, when they were very little that when they offended their, their siblings, they had to go to them and not say, I'm sorry, but to ask for forgiveness. Forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, that th there's this transactional forgiveness that, that, that takes place. And so we train them in that because they were learning that when you sin, there's consequence. Mm -hmm. And when there's sin, there's a breaking of fellowship. So yeah. we're, we're teaching these things even without saying yeah. that to them. Yeah. So even the sibling stealing the toy from the other sibling is a gospel opportunity absolutely it's so, it's so simple yeah yeah and we we can't as parents we can't overlook that yeah and simply say go say sorry no 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 <laughs> something happened here there's yeah, you, sin you, i i only do that when i'm tired <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm not feeling very gospelly right now so yeah. just go say sorry <laughs> yeah but yeah guilty you know, guilty yeah <laughs> well you know one of the one of the books that was super helpful for me um, was a book called Gospel Powered Parenting. Have you read that book? Yeah, by William Farley, right? Yeah. yeah. Brother, that- That's a really good book. Is a really good mm -hmm. book. I, I, I tell people this, you know, Shepherding a Child's Heart is kind of a like classic, right? Yeah. Shepherding he quotes Child's that. Heart, he quotes Ted Tripp in that book. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He does. But if you're reading carefully through Ted Tripp's book, he does kind of come a little bit from that covenantal angle. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. Shepherding child's heart, or, or sorry, um, gospel power, power parenting is just gospel. Mm -hmm. It's just gospel, gospel, gospel. Yeah, and um, and that's what I so appreciated about that. And and you know, we we communicate to our kids the power of the gospel in the way yeah. we, in the way we parent. Yeah, that's great. Um, man, brother, I feel like we can talk so much. I'm like stealing your time. I had yeah, like no, no, no. Three, it's okay. I had. Can I ask you a few more questions? Is yeah, that okay? yeah, yeah, go ahead. Is that go all right? Um, yeah, yeah. I want. I don't want to make this too long, too. But this is so good. Yeah. Um, we'll have to do this again. I, I yeah, like yeah, we'll for sure. Again. So, what can you just kind of summarize? What did family worship look like for you? So, for parents who are listening and are trying to think through, like, how can they do family worship? So, first of all, can you just give like a quick summary of what did family worship look like for you guys? Yeah. Um, it it so it changed i mean it it mm -hmm. it would morph as they got older as they got older okay. so initially it was basically we would sit down when they were very little we would sit down um we would we would pray we'd read the bible we'd sing a couple of songs and then we'd 
we pray and I would take prayer requests. Mm -hmm. So I'd ask my kids, how can I pray for you? How can I pray for you? And so we, we would pray. And sometimes it would, you know, I, I would pray. Sometimes I would say, okay, let's pray for the person on our right. Mm -hmm. And so we, they would pray. And so, um, you do this every day. We, we did this. Uh, no, we didn't do it every day. Um, we did it. I would say, uh, five to six days out of the week. Okay. So, so Monday there through Saturday. Weekdays. Say again. Uh, weekdays and Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so, you know, we, we would do that. Um, there were days, there were some days we would miss. And so one of the dangers I think with family worship is you get so legalistic that you think if you miss a day, then you blew it. And, and so therefore kids are not going to be saved. I missed family worship day. Yeah. So I missed, I missed a day. So why would I go back and and do it another day? I I blew it. So forget it. Yeah. Uh, I think again, that if you have the mentality of the culture of worship in your house, it doesn't matter if you miss a day, it's okay. Just get back to it. You know? So, Mm -hmm. so it went from that to when my kids started playing instruments, they really started, they really wanted to learn songs. And so we started singing songs that they would, you know, that we would sing in, in, in our church services mm-hmm. and they would play those, we'd sing those, and then we'd read scripture and um, we would kind of go, go around the room and take a verse at a time and we would read. And then I would, you know, give a, a, a short devotion on it. And, um, and then again, we'd ask for prayer requests. We'd pray for one another and then that'd be it. And then as they got, as busyness started hitting them in their lives, we just started doing it at the dinner table. So at the dinner table, I would read scripture and then I'd ask them if they had any questions, we talk about it. And then I'd say, okay, what are you guys reading your quiet times? And, and, and uh, do you have any questions that have come up? And it was, it was amazing because as we started doing that, I started finding, I started seeing them bring their notebooks to dinner. And, and so they would have, you know, four or five questions. Oh, and so they had questions in those notebooks. Yeah. They'd write questions in their notebooks and they say, okay, I was reading today in Galatians and I have five questions. Okay. All right, let's go. Okay, so. good. I thought they were just, I thought you were just a really good teacher, Rod, and your kids were even taking notes <laughs> while you were teaching. I was like, man, this guy's a good pastor and yeah, a great parent. No, no not even, notes. not even. It was okay. the grace of God but, that they, but still they went to you with questions and they yeah, felt well, comfortable see, to ask you those questions. That's, How did you that's, kind of establish that culture of, of them wanting to do that? And you yeah, that, uh, you know, so I was mentioning earlier that our kids, I, I love that our kids are willing to talk to us about anything. And it's, and that is especially true when it comes to the Bible, mm-hmm. they, they want to come and ask questions. And so um, we, we cultivated that just by when early on in our family worship, I would always ask them, we just read this text. Do you guys have any questions about anything at all? Mm-hmm. And you know, that, 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 that cliche of there's no dumb question, right? Yeah. With, with your kids, you got to let them know you can ask anything you want about this. And sometimes they're very silly questions, but you address them as if they're honest, serious questions. Yeah. Um, and you don't ridicule them, right? right. You, you, you answer their question because it's a, it is a question that they, that they drew up in their own minds based on this text. Mm-hmm. And so that, I think, has led them to the point where now they feel like, yeah, I'm, I'm reading this. And so that, that whole you know, inductive way of reading the Bible, yeah. and I'm, I'm doing all this you know, reading and a bunch of questions are coming up. So I, you know, they start writing them down. So then they bring them to the dinner table. And yeah, so I think just as we were raising them, we had that culture of worship in our home Mm -hmm. so that they felt comfortable asking questions about sermons, about, you know, teachings that they heard in, you know, children's ministry or youth ministry. And they'd all bring that to the dinner tables. And a lot of times it was, 
know, I read in my quiet time. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's kind of how our family worship developed yeah. over the years. Yeah. Any words of encouragement to parents who might be listening about family worship? Some things that you would want them to, to stick out in their minds about family worship. Yeah. Like I said, don't, don't get discouraged. You know, the enemy would not want you to do this. Mm-hmm. He, he wants you, you know, his, his goal is to, 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 to get your kids to not see the glory of the Lord in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right. Mm. He wants to, he wants to, to, to blind them from that. Yeah. And, and so don't, don't get discouraged, continue, persevere, press on and, and continue to do it. If it means that you just, you're, you're, you do it for five minutes, that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's all right. You're still, you're, you know, sometimes we think, well, I've got to have this, you know, three point outline alliterated uh, for family worship. No, it doesn't have to be that. Open up the Bible, read it, and then, and then ask, ask questions about it or have them ask you questions about it. Just persevere in that. Sometimes it's a five minute thing. Sometimes it's a 30 minute thing. Sometimes it's an hour. It doesn't matter as long as you're doing it. And you, yeah. you because what that does, it cultivates, it, it, it fosters in the home a, 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 an atmosphere, right? That you want. Yeah. That they understand we're going to talk about the Bible. And in fact, we're going to talk about the Bible even outside of family worship. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the environment you want in your home. So that's press great. on and don't get discouraged. That's great. You mentioned this a little bit, so maybe just some final thoughts on this part. What role does the church play in parenting? And maybe you can mix this together too. What? What? Did, how did you teach your kids to kind of love the church? So, yeah, kind of loaded question, but uh, if you can kind of yeah, summarize so it, I think the, the church's role in in parenting is obviously, you know, I'm not, I don't believe in family integration, mm-hmm. right? So, so I'm not going to come from that angle of of the family integrated church, but. I will say that the church's role in, in parenting is to be a support to you in your parenting. You know, um, younger women, look to the older women. You know, in your church, look to the older women to ask them questions. Mm-hmm. You, you, you may be embarrassed about those questions. That's okay. Mm-hmm. I, am, I, I can almost guarantee you that those older women have seen what you're going through. Or they experience it themselves or they've seen it in other people. Go ask them questions about that. Yeah. That's their role. The older women are supposed to teach the younger women. So go, go ask them. Brothers, fathers, do the same. Look to the mm-hmm. older men. Look to older men, you know, who, who would be able to help you. But, but also, um, you know, it, it, with, within the church, um, look, to, look to brothers that maybe they're not perfect in their parenting. And, and maybe they've even messed up in their parenting. Because guess what? Having messed up, they know where the landmines are. And so you can talk to them about that. Um, So the church has to play a supporting role in our parenting. The church is is not a parent. (laughs) And and that's the danger, right? Is to, you know, I'm going to drop my kids off and let the church take care of that. Mm -hmm. Or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to drop them off into youth ministry and let the youth handle that. No, Mm -hmm. your role as a parent is is to, to parent your kids the church is to support you in that. And, um, and so, you know, allow the church to be a support, but don't let, don't depend on them to be the parent in, in this, um, mm-hmm. you know, in, in your role as a parent, yeah. uh, to teach your kids to love the church is, um, to, to make it a priority in your life, you know, make Sunday mornings a priority in your life. 
And, and what I mean by that is that Saturday night, you're, you're in, a, in a sense, you're preparing them for Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, you're preparing them for, for worship. Um, to come to a worship service is a big deal. And so if you begin Saturday night to, to, to worship, in essence, then you're preparing them for Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. You know, we, especially when kids are little, we often think, you know, I, I just want to get to service. And yeah. so Sunday just, morning, when I'm just alive, up, I want to get to service alive. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah, Sunday morning, I just want my kids to wake up and I want to bring them. Well, that we're doing a disservice to our kids. You know, you, you want to prepare them even Saturday night. Mm. And, and it doesn't have to necessarily be, you know, that um, you're having a four hour family devotion, but it yeah. is that you're, you're, you're allowing them to see that Sunday morning is so important that it also bleeds into Saturday night in preparing for it. Yeah. You know, and, and you're letting them see that that's a, that's a, that's a, an important part of our lives. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to commit some time to even getting ready for it. But mm-hmm. then also um, having people over the house, mm-hmm. people from the church, have them over to your house, you know, be hospitable and invite them over. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's and, outside and, of the Sunday gathering, but the church as the, as the entity absolutely. of the organism, you teach them to love these people by having those people over and yes. Yeah. And you just welcome, them. welcome them into your home mm-hmm. and, and spend time with them and laugh with them and, and fellowship with them. And your kids will start to see that, yeah, those families are important. Oh, they're the church. Yeah, exactly. And so outside of Sunday, the church has to be active in, in practicing the one another's. Mm-hmm. And that includes being hospitable to one another. Yeah. And your kids will see that they will see that. And, you know, and, and, and even, um, like I said earlier, even, you know, discipleship, Bible study, have that at home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, there's a, a, a very helpful way you can have that in your home and let your kids see that, you know, mom or dad is meeting with somebody from, from the church. Well, it's because it's discipleship and they're going to yeah. learn that that's important to you. Yeah. So you're teaching them even in the way that you meet with people in the church. No, this, this is good, brother. Um, man, I could talk all day about this topic. Um, yeah. yeah. This, this is, this is great. I, so just to kind of wrap things up. Yeah. What were the resources that had a biggest impact on your parenting. This doesn't necessarily have to be books, but if they were books, you can mention them. Like yeah. maybe it was people, maybe it was mentors, maybe it was like a certain seminar or something. Like what had, like for parents who are looking for like the influences and how they're building their philosophy of parenting and approach towards loving their kids. Like yeah. what, what, what was it for you? Those resources. Yeah. So I'd mentioned gospel power parenting that, that shepherding a child's heart, that was helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, even, even, um, uh, Paul Tripp's book on age of opportunity, which is about parenting teens. Mm. That was very helpful. So in terms of books, those were helpful, but also even, even some of the, some of the writings like JC Ryle's writings, um, some of his writings have been, were very influential in the, the duties of parents, by yeah, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Duties of parents, even thoughts for young men, those kinds mm-hmm. of things were were very helpful yeah. for me as a, as a, as a parent, as a young parent, yeah. but also depending, like I mentioned earlier, depending on brothers in the church, you know, and, and, and for me, it was my elders and talking mm-hmm. to my elders about <clears throat> parenting. And, you know, I, I, we, in the church that I was a part of, our elders went through a lot with their kids mm-hmm. and, you know, um, they, they had kids, you know, a couple of elders that I really depended on. They had adult children by this time. And so I would ask them all kinds of questions because I saw their failures, 
you know, um, one of them went through a, a, a deep, deep trial with one of his children. And he came out of that and just, you know, joyful and worshiping the Lord. And so I asked him, well, you know, how did that happen? And what did you do? And man, that was so, so helpful to me. Yeah. So depend on other, you know, believers and, and, and others who are walking according to, you know, the truth of scripture and, and, and ask them questions and don't be embarrassed about, you know, um, asking questions because I tell you, you know, people have experienced a lot and you'd be surprised at what they've experienced as parents. So, yeah, no, that's good. Great brother. I think we have overextended our time. All right, brother. I, <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Hey, this, this has been great. I, I love yeah. it. Yeah. So um, you got to do this again with me. We got to do yeah, it with another sure. topic I, and talk about something else. So absolutely. This is a lot of fun. Let me know. I, I, I so, love it. Thank you, Rod. Thank you so much, brother, for just your kindness and just sharing some of these things and just having this conversation about parenting. So um, brother, do you mind praying for maybe just uh, our church and just some of the parents here? Yeah, just absolutely. Before absolutely. we close. Thanks brother. Father, thank you for uh, this time together and Lord about this topic of parenting God. It is your desire to see us parent according to your word to raise our children in the discipline and instruction of the Lord, that we might not exasperate our kids, but instead, God, that we would teach them to love you and to love your people, to love your church. So, Father, I pray for the parents there at Pillar Bible, Lord. I thank you, God, for their desire to parent in a way that brings glory to your name. I pray that you'd give them wisdom, you give them discernment, that you would help them, Lord, in those times of, 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 of trouble. Lord, there, have been, there, there are so many times when as parents we can get so depressed even. But I pray, God, that you would do a, a mighty, mighty work in the parents there, that you would encourage them, that you would help them to, to come alongside one another and to be a help to each other, Lord, to practice those great one another's that we read about in your word that are intended to be a picture of Christ and the church, Lord, and, and a picture of the gospel and the great love that you have for us. And so, Father, I pray that you would do a mighty, mighty work there, that you encourage the parents, and that, Father, that you would allow there to be many, many children who come to true saving faith, and that parents would be encouraged that they would see the, the fruit of their labor in the lives of their kids, God. I thank you for Micah. I thank you for his uh, love for you, his love for your people, his desire to uh, provide a, an opportunity for um, the members of, of Pillar just to, to have a, a help, a support, a, someone to come alongside them through this podcast, Lord. Would you, would you bless his ministry, God, and uh, continue to use him there? Uh, Lord, it's so evident that he loves the people of Pillar Bible. Would you, God, uh, continue to grow him in that love and strengthen him for the ministry you have for him, God? Thank you, Father, for this time together. And I just pray, God, that it would be a, 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 an opportunity, God, for you to bring glory to yourself through this podcast. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, All brother. Right, brother. Thank you.